Hey everyone, it's your favorite podcast host. Well, at least one half of your favorite podcast hosting duo. So this week we're doing something a little bit different. We are not going to have an episode of Us this week. Well, not directly anyway. You see, Ethan and I were on Make Ideas Reality with Justin White, the Garage Avenger, and we had a great time. And it was a different side of us that you guys may not have heard. Well, maybe you did, maybe you haven't. But you know what? You're going to hear it anyway. So we're going to run that this week. So you get to hear Ethan and I talk to Justin about making, about how we got started. Ethan tells his origin story, which is kind of cool. So for those of you that haven't heard it since episode 11, here it comes. And I know you love it when I talk about episode 11. Take a drink. Anyway, August 31st, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, thereabouts, Ethan and I are going to do the reveal of the Enlighten Us Challenge winners. And we are going to do it live, probably on YouTube. Um, That's what it's looking like anyway. So if you're not following Ethan and I on YouTube, you're going to want to go and do that. We should be broadcasting to both of our channels simultaneously. I know. We've never done a live broadcast, and we're just cracking it open with the most difficult way to do it. I know, I know, but we'll figure it out. And we're going to reveal the winner. And we have a whole bunch of prizes that we haven't really announced yet. We've gotten some people offered donati- donations. Um, I might have a particularly big surprise that I'm going to work on a little bit tomorrow. So it's going to be really good. It's going to be a fun event. We're going to have all the uh, stuff available to show you the entries so we can all discuss. And then Ethan and I are going to deliberate, and we are going to pick a winner. And it's going to be so much fun, and we really hope you join us there. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the episode of Make Ideas Reality. And if you're not already following Justin, what are you even doing with your life? Go follow the Make Ideas Reality podcast. It's a fantastic show. Justin is a good guy, and he will introduce you to some people that aren't getting the love and the exposure that they should be getting, which is kind of our mission statement also. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. Hello and welcome to Make Ideas Reality, the podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to everyday creative heroes making their ideas reality that wouldn't necessarily get their story heard. I hope to inspire you with their stories, give you courage to leave your comfort zone, think big, and be the badass creator you are meant to be. I'm Justin White, aka The Garage Avenger. Let's do this! Hello and welcome to the Make Ideas Reality Podcast. Today's guests have a podcast with a similar mission, but rather than see them as competition, I've brought them on to give some recognition. Vincent, like his last name, elegant, sleek, with a throaty rumble. Ethan, on the other hand, calculated, pragmatic, that completes the ensemble. Welcome to the show, the guys behind Because We Make Podcast. Vincent Ferrari and Ethan Carter. Hey, Justin. Hey, what's going on, Justin? Thanks for having us on. <laughs> no worries. Is that was that all right for you guys? That yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I, I have I earned that, but uh, but I, I'm I'll working on it. my elegance. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have the right colored T-shirt on there. I do. Yeah. Yes. I'm wearing my official make something shirt today. Nice. And this um, wasn't planned, but I wear my Johnny Bills. Of course, there. of course, of course. But that was not planned. That was, I, I forgot that uh-huh. we were even filming it. So, 
<laughs> the running gag on our show is that Ethan always talks about Johnny Builds and I always talk about Bruce Ulrich. So yeah. on every show. So there we go. So now it's on your show. Even did it on your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's done now, boys. Um, talking about a podcast, um, why don't you guys just briefly give an outline of sort of who you guys are and what your podcast is all about? Sure. So um, my name is Vincent Ferrari. I've been a maker since 2017 and I had a wild idea one day. I was like, you know, I want to start a podcast about, you know, making and creativity and stuff. Um, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And that's literally what I did. I had the idea on Wednesday. I recorded episode zero on Thursday. And the following week, I had episode one in the can. And it just kind of went out from there. And then 11 episodes into the podcast, I had a guest. And he was a pretty decent guy. And the next thing I knew, I had a co-host. And that's pretty much how it goes. But the idea is basically to get beyond talking about the projects and talk more about the talk to the people, get people out there, get their names out there, get them some recognition, you know, talk to the people that inspired us, talk to people that maybe don't have a huge audience, talk to people that have a huge audience, but if we've heard the same things over and over about them. So it's kind of a multi-purpose mission where we want to talk. We just want to talk to people not talk about what they're making, but them and what their story is and get to know them a little better. Yeah. And I mean, I think you nailed it, Vincent, obviously. Um, but I, I think, and to reiterate, I think one of the things we, we try, we strive for and we take pride in is when, especially when we have, to your point, a bigger name that's, that's been on a lot of podcasts, when we get them to share something that no one's ever heard, that's a, that's such a win. And, and so we take an approach where we're not asking them this, the same questions that every other podcast does. We try to have a conversation and through those conversations, you know, find out more about them and not just their channel. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds exactly like mine, which is kind of reason why you guys came on. I think, you know, we have a similar style or mission. The style is different, but you know, the mission is the same. Like let's, let's focus on the people rather than specifically projects. And I, I I've met so many amazing people by doing this podcast. Um, you know, and I normally do like a big long, like pre podcast chat. It's usually like an hour to hour and a half with them before I even press record. So it's, I really get to know these people and I really find that it's such a great experience to get to know the people behind the projects. Cause often we have completely different views of who that person is before we actually meet them in person. So it's been a great journey. Now, I met you guys. Well, at first I met uh, Vincent because I was on a uh, Zoom chat. Makers hanging out on Zoom drinking. Is it, is it cocktails now or is it coffee? <laughs> it's cocktails for this week because- yeah, um, which I got, you Morley's, you're gonna have to fill me in on that. Yeah, so basically Morley is um, in parts unknown in uh, the Northern uh -huh. hinterlands. So um, Grant took over and he's making a cocktail. So it's going to be, <laughs> as we're recording this, it's Saturday. So he's going to be doing, he's going to be hosting that tonight. But generally it's makers on Zoom having coffee. It's a Saturday morning thing, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we just get together every single Saturday for two hours, sometimes more. And we talk about everything. I mean, we've had conversations about baking. We've had conversations about cars, you know. It's, it's not as structured as like a podcast about making. It's more of everybody just kind of hanging out and talking to their friends. Right? Yeah. 
it's a it was it was basically inspired because people were using zoom for everything else and it's like well we can't get out of the house right now so why don't we use zoom and just talk to each other and there we go now i haven't been on that chat very often but when i was i of course i met you vincent and i think there was only one time when you were on ethan i think the other yeah time. i i don't i'm not an every weeker unfortunately but yeah. uh <laughs> but i do i do try and i i it's it, it is a great time every time it's a great way to kind of kick off your weekend yeah mm -hmm. And, you know, it was funny because I saw you, Vincent, you had your boom mic, you looked all professional. And then you started talking that you were running a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's cool. And I go, I better go check it out. So I eventually checked it out. And then I was listening to a couple of episodes and I thought, huh, he's got a same sort of, they've both got the same sort of vision as what I have. And that's really cool. So I think I reached out to you and then, uh, we started chatting and then all of a sudden you keep on mentioning my name on your podcast and then I get a huge ego. And then, <laughs> so then I thought, you know what, we, we need, I need to bring these guys on my podcast and, and share with my audience, these guys and what they're all about. So here we are. Here we are. Um, and I love, I'm just, you know, I just want to get it out there out front. When, when I found out about that you were doing your own thing, I was like, oh, it's on YouTube. I probably won't watch it much. And then somehow or another, I found out that you were doing it audio style. And I kind of went back when I found that out and I just started listening like crazy. Like I caught up on so many episodes. And what's so funny is that you have people that I know on your show. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is so neat. Like getting an insight into people that I actually know, people that we've actually had on Because mm -hmm. We Make on your show and you get you go a totally different direction sometimes and we learn other things that we didn't right. even learn about people that we already spoke to so yeah this is this is kind of great actually getting to actually talk to you on your show yeah. yeah that often happens when i do this long pre-podcast chats they they've seemed to you seem to find out information from your guests that they would normally never share mm -hmm. and it's and it it gives you a way to come into that and give a give your audience like a different take on them. Um, and it's some things have been, some guests have shared some really, really heavy stuff. And then some have shared some, you know, different stuff that I never knew about them. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And it's always nice to see sort of who the people are behind the social media curtain is often put up. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. Thanks. Appreciate that, by the way, Vincent. <laughs> um, I thought we'd go into your journey and I thought we'd start with you, Vincent. Um, where did it all start for you? The making, you said 2017, but I mean, does it go back further than that? It's, it's really weird. My, my path to being a maker, I would say started in 2017, but my dad was a carpenter, um, a damn good carpenter. Like the kind of when we talk about fine woodwork and, you know, you talk about like the John Perillas and the Chris Salamone, that was my dad. Like he was that guy and there weren't, we were not the richest family. So there wasn't a lot of power tools. Like I always joke that my dad's table saw was literally a folding wood table with the saw bolted to the bottom of it and the blade just sticking up on a regular table. I mean, we were, I didn't realize until I was older, just, I wouldn't say we were poor, but I would say I didn't realize how little we had until I got older. And it was like, it was eye-opening that my dad was able to do so much with what we had. Um, 2017, I just said, you know what? I really want a 3D printer. That was where it started. I was like, I really want a 3D printer. I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It was geeky. You could, like, it was like Star Trek with the, 
the thing that could just make the fab was it the fabricator or whatever it is the thing that can make i know star trek fans are screaming right now <laughs> but the thing that could just make stuff out of nowhere and i'm like that's the coolest thing ever i want one of those i got one of those and i was like well if i'm gonna body fill stuff it would be much easier with a sander so i got a sander it's like oh but sometimes you're gonna want to put wood inside stuff to make it a little stronger i should get a miter saw because that's good that's easy to you know take in and out and then that, that's, that fall, Steve Ramsey started the Weekend Woodworker course. And I was like, oh, I could actually take a course from a guy who I'm already watching. Maybe I should just do that. And I did. And I joked when I had Steve Ramsey on Because We Make that I didn't finish his course. And the reason I didn't finish his course is because I had already started getting, started getting people asking me to make stuff for them once they found out I was woodworking. And that's when I started realizing, hey, maybe I could turn this into a business. And it was like, okay, let's take a shot at it. And then in 2018, I got cancer and all hell broke loose. Like everything just stopped. Like It was like, oh, okay, this is going to complicate matters a little bit. And then I got through it and I went back to it harder, much harder. Like I came out of it like I was shot out of a cannon. And I was, like, I was like, I'm going to make a run at this as best I can. Even if it's only a side hustle, it's a, it could be a particularly lucrative side hustle. And I took a crack at it and I've been really enjoying it ever since. I've been cutting boards, mostly cutting boards, really. People just love cutting boards, but pretty much anything out of wood, I'll make anything for anybody. And that's pretty much my story. That's how I got to where I am. That's interesting that, you know, the cancer thing just made you go harder i think focused me like nothing dude like nobody's business doesn't it put things in perspective a little bit right you you come out of something like that you have there's a couple of ways you can handle it and i always say this but it's really the truth you can come out of it thinking woe is me my life sucks it's so unfair or you can come out of it thinking i have a certain amount of energy and i can either devote it to feeling sorry or i can devote it to doing what my doctor's saying being the best i can and for me, it was like, well, this is the obvious choice, like fight, not fight. Cause I even, I've said many times, you don't fight cancer. Your doctors fight cancer. You listen to your doctors. That's how, that's what you do. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a star patient. I'm going to do whatever my doctors tell me. I'm going to be the best patient they've ever seen. And I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. And when I come out of it, I'm not going to be the same person. I decided in the middle of it that if I lived, that it was going to be a different me on the other side of it. And it has been, it has been like, I am way more focused, way more motivated and way more driven than I ever was before. it. And I, I hate to say it, it's almost weird, but I almost feel like cancer saved my life. Like I, I lost a ton of weight. I got into much better shape. Um, I'm much more focused on doing things that make my life better and make life better for people around me. I'm a much more tolerant person now. I don't get angry at stupid things because in the end they don't matter. And when you, you it, it's sad that it takes a life threatening illness to make you realize that, but sometimes it does. And for some people, you know, you'll sit there and argue on the internet, argue on the internet and you think it's the most important thing in the world. And then you find out, Oh, I'm, I might die. Well, maybe I'm not arguing on the internet today. Maybe I'm just going to live my life a little bit, you know, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. I, lo I love it because you think about it, some people deal with it like the police car, right? You're driving along, 
you know, and all of a sudden you see the blue lights in your rear view mirror and you, you like, you get the cold, like the shivers go over you like, Oh shit. You know, you slow right down. <laughs> You're like, what? And then the police car like flies past you. Right. And you're like, whoo. And then five minutes later, you're driving like a maniac again. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And there's people that do that. And a majority of people do that. But then there's people that, for example, like yourself get put in that situation. The cops are there. They drive past. You went, that was a close call. I got to make the best of my life now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really, I really dig that. And I admire that in you, Vincent. So thanks man. Congrats, it, man, by the way, kicking cancer's ass. Yep, it's gone. Um, in fact, I just had a CAT scan um, middle of July. It is, it's over basically. I mean, my oncologist, I have to see him now every, instead of every other month, it's now every four months. It's, it's soon, it's going to just be, you know, yearly maintenance just to make sure, maybe an occasional scan just to make sure it's not back. But it's gone. I beat that mother. <laughs> <laughs> You can drop F-bombs on this uh, podcast. You know, oh, it's good, so right. funny how trained I am that when I'm in front of this microphone, F-bombs do not come out of me. And it's the running joke that I value our clean tags so much that I'm terrified of dropping an F-bomb. All the conservatives don't listen to my podcast because I'm just like, fucking what? <laughs> and you know what's really funny is because I'm usually, I'm the one that has dropped it a couple times on our podcast. Um, and and this will be the episode where I, I am completely clean the whole time. It will just be the irony. It will be. <laughs> Justin won't need to bleep anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ethan, let's hear your fucking story, mate. All right. Here's my fucking story. Um, all right. Uh, so, I mean, looking back, I, I just thinking back on childhood, um, you know, my dad would build things all the time, um, but, you know, it was built to, for function versus, you know, form. Um, and so, but he was always, you know, he always had a shop. He always had a bucket of scraps. Um, and so I, I wouldn't say I was a maker my entire life, but you know, I, I was always, I was always building things or messing around. Um, and you know, and then again, into high school, um, you know, I was an okay athlete, but not a great athlete. I was an okay musician, but not a great musician. And, um, and I, I wish I'd found making at that point. I think, I think that would have been really rewarding. Um, but with that said, I always did have a, a curiosity about things. Um, and so my junior year of high school, for example, in the summer, I just wanted to learn how to work on cars. So I took, you know, an adult education course and, you know, kind of the basics, you know, up to changing out my radiator. Like that's probably the most elaborate I got. Um, so looking back, I could kind of see where the curiosity was always there, but not necessarily the, the actual making. Um, so fast forward, I went to college for, and I, you know, I went to college for finance and, um, and those types of things. And again, it wasn't really in my realm at that point. Um, but then I got my own place. I got, I bought a condo, uh, a year out of college and I, you know, I started making things for my place. I think that happens with a lot of people. Uh, but at that point it was more of, I like to take things and, and, transform them into things. So it wasn't like I was woodworking or anything like that. It was more of, I found a vintage uh, tripod and I made that into a, a you know, a, um, a lamp. Um, I found this really cool vintage um, fire extinguisher, you know, the brass ones. I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, but it's a really cool look. And so I made that into a little end table for, uh, you know, next to, the, next to the sofa or so, so I could put my drink there. So that kind of thing. So I, I did start making at that point, but really the pivot, I think the pivotal turning point for me was 
Um, a few years after that, um, you know, I was at, in between relationships. Um, I, I loved the company I was working for, which I'm still working for, but I didn't like the position at that time. It was a very kind of get, get to work, do the job, go home, not very inspiring, not very, you know, didn't really build anything in me. I was just kind of going through the motions because that's what the position required. It didn't require anything else besides that. Um, and so I had this kind of desire to do something and I had the time because I was single. Um, and I, so I, I took a course on building a, a, an acoustic guitar, um, not from scratch, but, um, but uh, a kit one. But when I say kit, I mean, it's basically what came is the, the sides were bent already. Um, and that's about it, you know, it, it, and then all the pieces were there. Um, so it was, it was pretty, I think it was, a, I think it was an eight week, once a week course for a couple hours on Monday nights or something like that. And so I built the guitar um, and, and I dabbled with the guitar, but I wasn't, you know, it was kind of weird that I chose that. Um, but that did two things. It, one showed me that you don't have to be, you know, there's a, you don't have to be a fine woodworker from day one, right? You, you know, I think that's what people uh, often is, is a roadblock for people. It's at, fine woodworkers, they start from zero, right? Um, and so it gave me both the, the, re, uh, the idea that you can learn these things and, it's, and you shouldn't be intimidated by them. And so all of a sudden I started thinking, well, what else could I do? Because I did this and I didn't know what I was doing when I started that. So there's gotta be a lot of other things. And so that's when I really started just making things in my one bedroom condo. Um, I had a, a horribly unfortunate decision to, to get a glass topped dining room table. Um, that was before I was making things. So that it was, it was that, and then, a, you know, a little black and Decker kind of foldable mini workbench. And that's where I did everything I did. So I built cigar box guitars. I built a ukulele, um, did a lot of, a lot of that type of thing. So smaller scale because I, and not a lot of power tools, um, because I just didn't have the space to store them or, you know, the neighbors to accept the noise. Um, so yeah, so that. So I, at that point, I would, I would consider myself a maker. I didn't know what a maker was at that point, but I was dabbling in it. And then come fast forward many years, um, and um, I'm listening to, oh, so the radio in my car broke. So I was, uh, the, uh, the radio part. Um, so I started listening to podcasts, and I stumbled across this podcast, uh, If You Build It, which is no longer running. But, um, but it was a podcast with uh, Mikey the Maker and Kyle Stumpenhorse of our building. So I'm sure a lot of people know Kyle. Um, and they were talking about Instagram and how they got that there's this community of makers. They talked about what makers are, how to grow on Instagram and stuff like that. And it was like a light, you know, a, a switch. Um, and all of a sudden I had, so, so then I started following people on, on Instagram. I found the Modern Maker podcast. I found kind of all these making them making it from there, which is usually it goes the other way, but I found making it through the Modern Maker podcast guys. And all of a sudden it was like, there's, a, there's all these people that are like-minded and had that same desire to just be creating all the time. And it was like an eye-opening experience. And it just, it, from that point on, I was a, I was a full-time maker, even though I had a full-time job. Um, it was everything I did was Instagram and making at that point. And I didn't really have a, at that point, I didn't really have a niche of what I did. I did a little bit of everything, um, some woodworking. Um, and then about, so everyone that listens to ours will know this, but I have a really, really small workshop in our house. And, um, and so if I want to do anything with a table saw or something like that, I have to go outside. And so 
it was about November. And so November in Boston is uh, snowy and cold and not really, uh, not really able to work outside at that point. So I, you know, I just picked up, I said, you know, what about a leather working project? Um, so I got some leather off of Amazon and a cheap kit off of Amazon. And I made, um, made a, a slim wallet, um, which was looking back is pretty horrible, but, um, and then I made a field notes cover and, and it just, it became something I could do in the winter in my small shop, um, because you don't need a lot of space and, or a lot of tools and you don't, and, and it doesn't make a lot of noise either. Um, so yeah, so then that kind of snowballed and I think now I'm most known, I mean, no secret, most known for leather work, um, which I'm, I'm happy about. Um, but a lot of it is also because I like to create a lot of different things and I like to put out a lot of content and leatherworking is very, um, you know, leatherworking is very good for that because they're smaller scale projects. I can do three, I, I like to put out videos. I can do three videos for Instagram a week is kind of what I average because they're smaller scale. They're not, they don't take a lot of time. Um, and, but, but you're still kind of getting your, your inspiration out there and your creativity juices flowing. So that's how I got to where I am now. Um, and yeah, and then I started, and, and I really fell in love with the content creation side of it as well. I think that's the other piece that it, they kind of both drive each other for me. Um, the content creation gets, in, inspires me and also is an ad, uh, outlet for me to share with people, which then in turn inspires me more and makes me want to create more. Um, and so those two driving forces have really just become my life. I mean, it, it's, it's become who I am and, and the community uh, that I like to be a part of. So, Yeah, I like your work. I think like it's really beautiful and simple. Like I, I looked way back in your Instagram feed where you made that real simple leather clock. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. just, how brilliant is that, Vincent, right? It's mm -hmm. good, right? And I, my, I just... I just thought it was so easy, but it's like, it looks beautiful. Like if you put that in an expensive house, people are like, oh yeah, that's real fancy. <laughs> that's, my first, and that's wonderful. My and that, first, and, and, sorry. Sorry. I was gonna say my first thing, my first uh, bit of work with Ethan talking about simple. The first thing I noticed about him, he made these, um, he made this like um, eyeglass holder for his mom out of a copper washer. And I just was like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, it looks so damn cool. So that was the first, the first exposure I had to Ethan was just a beautifully simple project. And it's like, oh, I like this guy. Like, <laughs> this is really cool. Well, and, and again, that's what I, I'm such a believer that anyone can be creative. Anyone can make things. And, and it's just the, it's just having the confidence to, to try it. Even if you fail, it's, you know, so I'm a big believer in that. So that's why I, I do like having a lot of these kind of, simple simple projects that just get people thinking right i mean all i used for that was i went to the store got a washer and i, I had a little dremel engraver but you could do it with you know a nail you know i mean mm -hmm. and that's so you don't need a single tool to to do to do that and to me that hopefully what what i hope for is that that inspires someone to say all right well let me learn how to make a macrame bracelet like that doesn't take any tools you know those types of things that's really what i what i hope for um, from from my content is that it that inspires people and and opens people's eyes to that you don't need full shops you don't need elaborate tools you don't need you don't need all the tech I mean you don't need 3D printers they're awesome I wish I had one but you don't need them yeah <laughs> so. I kind I kind of feel the same way in regards to the projects I actually do like I do build projects where you know it's crazy to think <laughs> but you know I I feel like 
um, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the sofa beer fridge. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was a lot of elements on that project I'd never done before. That's partly the reason why it's been such an epic build. You know, I've never done programming before, never done electronics before. Very, very, very little welding. Uh, you know, I had to design the thing from ground up. I had to learn how to do refrigeration work again. I'd, I'd done that like in my early um, submarine days when I was working on submarines. Um, and then, you know, there was a whole heap of things and that happened in that project. It, it was a massive learning sort of curve. And I kind of wanted to teach people like, I didn't know any of this in the beginning and look what I could do. Like, it's just time. It's time and, and the confidence to they they you're not you don't need to know everything before you get started. You'll learn it along the way. And right? grit, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like when you hit a hard road, you're like, I'll just get through it. And I'll just keep on going. And that's that's this that's been this project. It's just like wall after wall after wall after wall. And you know, I think that's one thing that I think is great about your work is it makes it a little bit more accessible. People can really see how simple it could be for them, you know. Um, and I just want to do one more thing because you talked about guitars. Hold on, I'm going to no, show yeah. you something. Excellent. It was at this point Justin decided to go flex and grab an old project of his so he could show it off. Yes. This is uh, this is my guitar I built when I was seventeen or sixteen. Wow, got a little jump on me. Play that. That's beautiful. <laughs> no, that is absolutely beautiful. And um, I, I, yeah, like I never thought I could build anything like that when I was that age, but I did it. I just wow. I had a I had a book, but I didn't. You know, in my true style, I never read the book. <laughs> I just looked at the pictures, <laughs> and then I just worked it out. You know, and that's part of what I do is like, I just work it out as I go. Well, Isn't I think that... the, the, sorry, real quick, it's just on, on guitars. Like I, one piece I don't think I mentioned with that is part of also what that, why it sparked was it gave me such an appreciation for craftsmanship and stuff like, and, and what goes into a guitar. And to me that, that just, that triggered something in me that, that, it, you know, it's not just pieces of wood that are glued together. There's artistry to it and there's craftsmanship to it. And it just that then it, that leads to well, what other things that I look at every day have such intricate, you know, think parts of them and craftsmanship that I take for granted, and it will kind of change my view of of how I looked at things from it. So, I think the great thing about guitars too, though, is they're just parts you put together, right? And then they're like a it has a soul after, right? Right, right. You know, like sure. that that guitar has a, a specific sound yep. that only that guitar has. Um, yep. and like it's, uh, snowflakes right. yeah I mean the, the the truth is like I sanded the back a bit thin so it's a you know when I hit some notes it sounds a bit tinny compared to other guitars for example and it's right. and it's just it was a learning process like I had no idea what I was doing when I was 17 so but that's <laughs> why you got it done see uh, one of the one of the great secrets about actually making stuff you know we always say just start just start just start right but one of the great things about just starting is that you don't have preconceived notions mm. and you don't have preconceived limitations. You don't start out. If you just jump in, you're like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. And the more you do that, 
the better you become at what you're doing. Really, experience doesn't teach you much, right? Experience refines what you already know. And what I've found, like, so Beth is actually cleaning up the very, this, literally the second woodworking project I ever made. Um, she's working on it downstairs right now. She's finally, we're going to move it up here and use it as a printer stand. It was a table that I made for Steve Ramsey's woodworking course. And we're looking at it and she goes, your woodwork has improved drastically since this. Like, and then that was what, three years ago when I made it roughly three years ago. She's like, it's, it's amazing. Like, look, you can see, like, you weren't really sure here. Like there's, there's imperfections and whatever. It's still a nice piece. It's nice enough that it's coming upstairs. Right. But I didn't learn anything different from what I used to do that. I refined what I knew to do that. I could make that table today. It took me, even then, it only took me a day to make that table, right? I could make that table again today, and it would be stunning now. I know it would be. I would look at it and be not just, wow, I can't believe I did that, but wow, I really am proud of that. But it's all because over time, I didn't learn new things. It's just I got better. The refinement came with the experience, but nothing told me when I was making that table, you can't make this table. It was like, no, I'm going to make that table. And now it's like, oh, if I made that table, it would be much more refined, much more, I don't want to say proper because I hate the word proper when you're talking about making stuff, but there is, you know, kind of an acceptable way that things are done and it would be so much better now. But I think that's what people jumping in don't realize that you're not going to, in 10 years, you may know a few new techniques, but the reality is you're going to be refining what you start with. So just the second you start, you're already on a path to getting better. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that just perfection. I, I always say this too, is that perfection isn't a thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think, again, that's a roadblock, you know, I'm, it's not gonna be perfect. So why, why do it? Right. And perfection is not a thing. Again, Chris Salamone, I, I guarantee none of his pieces he thinks are perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. What it, what does exist is you just try to, you get better each time. And I, and I've said this with my YouTube videos, every video, I just try to make a little bit better. You know, I try to refine the audio a little bit better. I try to, uh, you know, find the, uh, improve on the pace, all those things, because otherwise I never would have put out my video, first video. And, and that's truly why it took me a year from when I said, I want to do my first video to put out my first video. And so I'm, I'm guilty of so guilty of this myself is that I, I was so nervous to, to just start and do it. that it took me, it took me a year and, and you know, that first video is probably a little bit better than it would have been, but not, not that much. And again, every video just, I just try to get a little bit better. Cause I know I'm never going to come up with the perfect video. That's interesting too. Cause I, that made me think about Vincent and how he just one day he decides that he's going to do a podcast, right? I think I see very big similarities with what I did is like between Vincent and myself is because like I'm an executor. I just make, I just go, yep, I'm doing it. Whether it's smart decision or not. <laughs> yeah. That's to be debatable, but <laughs> you know, like I just, all right, I'm doing it. Like, let's just do this. And then I have, it seems to be like, I have a bit of grit to push it through when it, things are not exactly working. And I think that is a, there's a difference between those people that are doing really well, for example, on social uh, compared to those who have the exactly the same skills, uh, but don't showcase their stuff because of they're being held back by something, right? Yeah. There is a certain amount of, there, I feel like, you know, 
if you wait to understand everything, you will never do anything. Okay. I was, I have been putting off and not intentionally. It's just like I said before we started that, you know, I'm working on the project for our Enlighten Us Challenge on Because We Make today. Yeah, put a and, plug in for that, guys. Come on. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I imagine by the time this drops, this is probably going to be, um, I think this is dropping after the deadline. So, but it's okay. It's We're working, Ethan and I are competing against each other because we right. couldn't compete. So we're competing against <laughs> each other. And I didn't really have a plan for mine. But I knew that if I could just clear the deck of all the client work, I knew that given two days, I could get this done. I knew roughly what I wanted to do. And as I started putting pieces together today, even, I hit a major like, oh, I didn't account for that. I just didn't account for something that was going to break as I was cutting it. I was like, I thought it would work. I just mismeasured. But it's okay. So now I took different wood and I made it a little bit different and I ended up really liking the result. But the, the point is, I got started, right? I didn't wait till I had the perfect plan. I can't function that way. I, a lot of people do. I don't, I don't feel like I'm moving forward if I'm constantly planning what my move is going to be. I'd rather be moving forward slowly, but figuring it out as I go, than sitting at the starting line and waiting forever to get started because I don't have a perfectly laid out plan in front of me. I disagree, Vincent. You had a perfect plan. You knew if you just waited till Ethan put his out, you'd be like, right, I'm going to just destroy him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to wait. He freaking put his out the first week of the challenge. Like we announced it officially, like, okay, get started. Here are the rules. And like four days later, Ethan puts up his video. I'm like, well, I'm not even going to try to compete with that. I know that mine is going to be like, it's 1115, do 1159 Eastern, August 17th. It'll be done 1158 <laughs> Eastern, August 17th. Like that's the date. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the podcast. Um, you guys have, like I mentioned before, a similar mission to us. And, mm -hmm. you know, on this podcast, I say us because I'm just going to say my, include my wife because she's part of this every 10 episodes. And, um, you know, so um, I thought we'd sort of, touch on the fact that I'm very open to others starting podcasts that are exactly like mine. What do you guys reckon about that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think same with, with anything, um, you know, making and stuff like that. I, I, I never once worry about someone copying my, you know, the, my projects or anything like that. I, because I, again, I think, well, one, there's so much, um, so many people out there that have never seen my stuff, right? And so if someone makes the same thing as me and a whole bunch of people that haven't seen mine see theirs, great, right? It's, and, uh, and let's just, you know, the tide rises, that whole, you know, cliche statement. I think I truly believe that. And I think the more, so even if our podcasts are similar, they're different, right? I mean, they're still, the mission is the same, but the format's a little bit different. Um, we, you know, and like you said before, We've, uh, you've had people on the podcast, or I think Vincent, you said it, uh, there's been people on that have been on both podcasts and we've heard different things. And so, so if your podcast didn't exist, no people wouldn't have heard the things that they didn't say on ours. Right. When, when I started, when I started because we make, um, I was listening to a lot of maker podcasts and the one common element in most making podcasts is that they were so focused on projects and tools. And I'm not saying there's no place for that. There's a place for that. I actually enjoy one of the podcasts I listen to is a guy that's local to me. 
they spend pretty much the whole podcast talking about projects and tools. And that's fine. I, I don't fault people for what they're interested in. But for me, I was like, there's something better here. And that's the people. Like we can watch YouTube channels and think we know people and then talk to them and go, oh, you're nothing like your YouTube channel. You know, a good, a really good example of this is, um, is Bobby Duke, right? Bobby Duke's affect on camera is one of the most annoying things on the planet. I'm not going to pretend it's not, but his overall personality comes through. And if you ever hear him talk when he's not Bobby Duke arts, when he's just Bobby Duke, it's a very different guy, right? That's the guy I want to talk to. I want to talk to the other guy. Right. And that's what Because We Make was for, right? The, the initial plan was we were going to, I wanted to do, I keep saying we, I keep forgetting, Ethan, you haven't, you weren't <laughs> there the whole time. It just seems like you've always been there. But when I started it, the whole point was I wanted to do behind the music for makers. That was the idea. I wanted to deep dive people, talk about your history, talk about how you got started, talk about all that. And Keith Decent gave me the best advice ever after he was on. He said, listen, this is great. I had a great time. He goes, but I'm just warning you, don't lose your lead. Cause I had like a four week lead at one point on interviews. I was knocking out interviews so fast and then just releasing them every week. He goes, don't lose your lead. You'll never get it back. He goes, and if you don't, if you do lose it, you're going to be scrambling every week to get guests. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And then people <laughs> stopped answering my emails and I was like, Oh crap, I'm screwed. So I managed to get enough interviews going and I, you know, Bruce in episode two recommended this guy, Ethan Carter. And it was like, oh, okay, let me look at his work. Oh yeah, this is this guy. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna have him on. So I message Ethan, I'm like, hey, you wanna come on the podcast? And he goes, really? Like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, because you're making cool stuff. And he's like, um, okay. So he comes on the podcast. And at the end of the podcast, I said, who knows, maybe one day you'll come back as a co-host. We, I went back and I've gone back and listened. People are tired of me talking about episode 11. <laughs> I really don't care. I've gone back and listened to that episode twice. And if you told me that episode, if I dropped that episode this week, people wouldn't know that it was Ethan and I from a year and a few months ago. Like okay. it was that instant that we clicked. Okay. When Ethan came on, the, one, the great part of it is it gave me the ability to not have to panic to find a guest. We could still get guests, but we can also talk. We can have episodes that are just he and I talking about whatever is important to us in the moment. And that has given the show momentum because it's like there's no more, oh, who is it this week? 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 Who is it? Oh, no, it's just us. Okay, our shows, our episodes do just as good. And that to me tells me that we're hitting the right nerve for people where we're, we're, we've kind of found the right mix of us and our guests and the right tone and the right, it, you know, the formats changed a little bit. We had, we didn't have formal segments before, but now we do. We have a video of the week that we do, which is our, because we were picking the same videos every single week as our video. As like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to do one video of the week and then we'll do a thing of the week on top of it. And it works, right? It wor That's us finding our voice in right. the podcast. It's not as much about the, the guests as it was because we do episodes where it's just he and I. But I love that when we have a guest on now, and that's another thing that we do differently. When we have a guest on, they're just part of the show now. They're not, it's not guest from one end to the other. We do all the same segments now, but we do them with the guests. And what I've found is that when the guest is just part of the show, the conversation is automatically better. It doesn't feel as stilted. 
And I really like what our podcast has become. And the more we, the more we've kind of structured the segments and the more we've, even though we're less formal, we structured the segments a little more, our listenership has gone up dramatically. Now that we've kind of found a rhythm where it's like, this is what the show is every week. And now people understand that this is what they're going to get when they tune in. And it's been so much fun to do. Just and so I, much I, fun. Again, I think people, to your point, part of that expectation is that they're not going to hear the same mm-hmm. um, same things that they've heard. from. So even if you've heard uh, David Picciuto on a bunch of different podcasts, all right, I'm going to listen to, I'm going to listen to because we make, because I, I know that their format is a little bit more casual and maybe that will, you know, have David be a little bit more casual. And, 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 and I think that absolutely hit for, especially, I mean, I, I've said it before, Vincent, I, I, I've, I've listened back to that podcast and obviously he's an idol of mine and, and so I'm going to love it anyways, but it, it was, it was, it was just a really good conversation and, and good enough that he, I mean, he, you know, he gave us a shout out and, um, and that really hit home because I think it was probably, I, what I hope is that it was a little bit different experience for him um, than some of the others that he, he, he's been on and, and that resonated with him. That's what we, I hope at least. We've had people on that have been on a lot of podcasts and done a lot of interviews and I can almost tell their stories. Like if it's someone I know really well, I can tell their story before I hear them on the podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, let me see if I get a new nugget. And sometimes I'll listen. I'm like, I got nothing out of that. Hmm. It's not the host's hmm. fault. And okay. We've even gotten, I, we joke about our really bad, the really bad review we got after we did the Wesley Treat episode, right? Um, well, this guy, burned you inside. This yeah, burned yeah. you inside. <laughs> well, what I love about it though, what I love about it though is what he doesn't like about our podcast is what we love about it. Right. He doesn't like that it's not, you know, question and answer, rapid fire, bang, 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 bang. Like, you know, ask a question, get the answer, ask the next question. We just don't do that. We don't, you know, I, ju- I was just, we were just talking to Justin, Justin maybe who's April Wilkerson's cameraman. He, um, he's a documentarian. He has an amazing YouTube channel. And you know, I was, we were talking afterwards. I said, people don't understand that I have an empty notepad sitting next to me. I don't, we don't do this with any structure. We don't sit there and say, we have this guest. We have to ask about this. We don't, we just don't do it. We, we see where the conversation goes. I, I joke that I want to have Jimmy DeResta on the podcast and only talk about burritos. Like I don't want to talk about making, I don't want to talk about bandsaws. I don't want to talk about old tools. I want to have the Jimmy DeResta discusses his favorite burrito episode because I feel like that's something like, wow, Jimmy's talking about burritos. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one's ever asked him about burritos. That's why, you know, the only question that we uh, that we always ask is, is there anything we can't ask you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only yeah. structured question that we have before we get started. So. Yep. It's so interesting going back to Jimmy Duresta. I also want to have him on my show, but I've never pulled the trigger on him because I don't know what I'm going to ask him that hasn't mm-hmm. already been asked before. There you go. And I think that you and me are on the same page because I think I've heard you say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we're like kindred spirits there. Because like, <laughs> I, and I think realistically it'll happen, but it'll happen when I like have this real line of questioning that I think is going to like blow people out of the water and just be like, what the crap? I didn't know that about Jimmy. And I almost feel like, I, I, I almost, I, I hate to say it this way, but it kind of is. I almost feel like it's disrespectful to take someone, take an hour and a half or so out of someone's time and then drag them in so that you can have yourself asking them the same questions they've already been right. asked. Like it's, 
it's more self-serving, right? If I have Jimmy on and, and, you know, Ethan and I talked to him about how he learned how to use the bandsaw when he was 12 years old, making signs for a quarter for his friends. Like, okay, we know that. Like, why is, why do we need to have you on and give another hour and a half of your time to tell that same story? You know, actually, that we already know the answer to. I'll say our friends at clamp, our friends at clamp, the clamp podcast, they did a really good job with Jimmy. That wasn't a run-of-the-mill typical interview. They had him on. They talked like friends, and it was just awesome. I was like, you know what? These guys just – this is exactly – almost like I feel like we're setting a different standard for what a podcast like this can be, where it's not so formal. It's not so stilted. It's not about your tools and your projects, and it's more about why do you do it? When I want to get to the root of why this matters to you, you know, why making is important, why the community matters to you, why it's, why you get inspiration from watching some guy on YouTube make something. I feel like that's just so much more interesting. And if we can pick at that and pick at that until we get to the root of it, I feel like that's, that's where the, that's where the quote money is in this, in this space. It's not in highlighting the same stuff that everyone else talks about. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. Yeah, and I mean, if you can drag a good story out of them, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you can do a segment like story time. <laughs> that was my segue. Story time. She stared at the gown and thought, yes, this is something my husband would wear. That was a great segue, I was going to say. Really good. It's so weird to hear you say that and not hear the sounder. Like, usually what happens is, just for everyone listening, usually what happens is, Justin is my Sunday afternoon in the shop podcast. So, I'm used to hearing the sounders. So when he said story time, I'm like, and I hear the voice. This is something my husband would wear. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, it's not going to hear it today. Damn it. (laughs) I should have had them like preloaded on on a language. (laughs) Like a sound sound effect machine. Yeah, sound effect machine. (laughs) Um, You guys got a story? One of you want to share a story? Who wants to share a story? I got one. Um, Do it. So... I've always talked, I always talk about on the podcast how I'm an, I am an incredibly shy, introverted person. And that shocks the hell out of people. They can't believe it. But when I get the mic in front of me, it just kind of switches on and I'm fine. (laughs) When I was a kid, it wasn't so easy though. And so in second grade, I got picked because I was one of the better students. So I got picked to do one of the readings at my first communion ceremony. And this was a big deal. Like you get, if you got picked to do a reading, Remember, there were like four classes of second graders. So we're talking 150 kids, 160 kids. Like we're talking a lot of kids and they picked three people. And I was like the main reading right before everybody went up to get their first communion. So this was a big freaking deal. So I get the reading and I work on it. I work on it. I'm, I have it mostly memorized, but it's, it's hard to memorize a long reading, especially when you're in a church setting because there's a lot of proper language and stuff. But I kind of had it down. So at the last rehearsal before, um, before the actual ceremony, I stood up. I went up, you know, I stood up in front of the altar where they had the microphone for all the kids to read. And I started reading and I panicked. I lost my voice and I started screaming and crying. I can't do this. I can't. And I went running out of the church. 
And I always think about that to this day, about how nervous I used to get at the very thought of standing in front of a microphone and talking to anyone. Like there is no way in hell if you told me when I was in second grade that I'd be doing a podcast, doing YouTube channels on camera on Instagram and have a semi-public personality, I would have just laughed at you. Like that would have just seemed completely, totally ridiculous. But yeah, here See, we are. that's that's what my biggest fear was when you asked me to come on the podcast. I, I was like, I'm going to start crying and <laughs> yell, I can't do this and, and run upstairs. <laughs> but yep, that's my story awesome. for story time. I am a nervous, I was a nervous Nelly. <laughs> I, you know what, I, like, I didn't really think I was a nervous person. Like, I don't, I always had some sort of confidence with, I don't know what it was, but you know, I never really had the confidence to say that I was good at something. And then I, then I joined this Facebook group, um, like a private group. And I, I had Matt Gottesman, if you heard that podcast on, and I joined his mm -hmm. private group and like the people in that group were like, yes, you're like so good at this. You're so good at video. You're so good at like talking, blah, blah, blah. So they like fully pushed me out the door. And that's the only reason why I started my YouTube channel. That's the only reason why I started this podcast. I think pushing yourself or getting pushed, you know, and then having the confidence to, to execute is pretty much the only way you can actually move forward and, and get out of that uncomfortable you know, crying, running out of the church feeling. You know? <laughs> so. it, it's funny though, you should say that because again, um, I said it, Vincent, take a shot. Um, inside joke. Um, so before I, before I started in the podcast, one of the challenges I had was I, I never put myself in, uh, in front of the camera on Instagram or YouTube or anything. I, I just never did that. I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And, and it's funny to your point, that push. So the push of, of bringing me onto the podcast gave me a lot more confidence to put myself out there as part of my Instagram and part of my making and, and, you know, not become a character or anything like that, but to put myself in front of the camera so that the people that uh, were interested in what I was doing knew who the person behind those projects w were. And it has been so much more enjoyable and my community has built, been built so much more. I mean, I had a good community already. I, I knew a lot of people and I connected with a lot of people through Instagram. Um, but it, it exponentially grew as soon as it, I started putting myself out there. And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure eventually I probably would have gotten there because I would have forced myself to, but, but getting, forcing my, forcing my, me into the podcast really ramped that up. And it's funny. It's just, that's the push I needed. And, and it's a different, it's a different ballgame now because of it. So. There you go, people. You need to get a little push if you're scared. Find someone that's going to push you. Yeah. And then, and then just jump and let's do it. Um, let's get into Inspiration Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Inspiration Nation. Uh, 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 uh. Anyone that uh, inspires you guys? Maybe someone's given you a push. <laughs> yeah, I can go. I mean, I... And anyone that's listened to our podcast have, have heard me talk about him before. But I, 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 again, I, he, I, his Instagram post right before he came on just solidifies it again. And it's uh, Andrew of AG Does It. Um, he, he is just a, a super talented, way under known and, um, you know, content creator. Um, he, he's got his, he's got the, you know, all the skills of a great maker and a great, you know, but then on top of that, 
He's got an amazing ability to uh, videographer and edit. Um, and he's super entertaining. He's one of the few, uh, few Instagram accounts that I will always turn the sound on to his stories um, because they're, they crack me up. They're funny. And so he's got, he's like a triple threat to, to making and content creating. He can do all three of those things. And I think some people are really good about, you know, inserting their personality. Um, some people are really, really good and just amazing makers and creators. And, and, you know, then there's people that are, uh, that are just really, really solid editing and, you know, editing and filming skills. When you combine all three of those, it's just amazing. And he's got it. So he inspires me, um, you know, to, his edits, as well as Alex of Babelish, I'll, I'll give, because both of them are just phenomenal with filming and editing. And both of them in, inspire me to, to get better uh, with every video. Um, just because I, I know, well, I shouldn't say this. I'm, this is exactly what we always tell people. I don't, I, I feel like I'll never get to their level. Um, and I'm okay with that. But I, but again, I want to get, take steps to get closer each time. And so uh, he, he's definitely an inspiration um, just as how he's coming at this whole thing. Awesome, Ethan. Um, I will put a link to him in the show notes. Um, and who was the second one you mentioned? Oh, uh, Alex of Bevelish Creations. Bevelish Creations. All right, yeah. cool. I'll put a link to both of them in, in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go check them out and check all their uh, stories out with the sound on. <laughs> You're one of them, Ethan, like the sound off stories guys. Oh, I, well, and it's, you know, I, 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 it's funny because I, I do stories with me talking and I just know that no one, probably about 10% of the people at most have the sound on, but. That's part of the, part of the stories. That's part can of I it. Just add, can I add a quick name to the list too? Because I feel like he deserves, he des, definitely deserves a shout out. And I'd be willing to bet both of you would agree with me. Yeah, you know who it is. yeah, it's Garage Avenger, right? Yeah. He's <laughs> awesome too, I mean, like. I've shouted, dude, I've shouted you up way. I've shot, You've been mentioned in at least three different episodes and you were my thing of the week one week. So you're doing just fine, man. Um, um, I shout out, I actually, as far as people who are inspirational, some people don't necessarily inspire you directly. They inspire you indirectly by the things they say and the way they carry themselves and the advice that they give and their kind of steady voice. And for me, that guy is Andy Pugh. I think Andy is one of the most appreciated by people who, who know him and underknown people in our community. Yep. He's, he's super active. He's super engaged. He's always around. He's, he's like, he, we're lucky enough that he's a regular in our Discord. And he is one of those guys that it's just a, it's a pleasure when, when he starts talking about stuff, it's like when the wise elder of the group sits everyone <laughs> around the fire and starts telling a story. That's Andy for us. Like just stop yeah. and listen. Andy's talking and we just listen and just listen to what he has to say because he always knows the right thing to say. He always gives like sage advice. And there has been, there've been a couple of times where I'm on the edge and it's just like, I hear him talking. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, okay. I feel better now. And Andy always, 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 always makes me feel better after talking to him about pretty much anything. He's just one of those guys. So Andy Pugh, Tales from the Tinkerage, Thoughts from the Tinkerage. God knows um, he's got 40 million channels and stuff, but he's just <laughs> one, of, he's one of the good guys. And I think he definitely, definitely deserves some recognition for being one of the good guys. For sure. Yeah, Andy's a massive supporter of this show as right. well. So, you know, I ups to Andy, like he's just a mm -hmm. great, great member of our community. So, yep, one of the best. Uh, let's get into Hack Attack, guys. This is Hack Attack. 
I will not apologize for this bad intro. Right. Any tips or tricks? I've got a quick one because and it, it's, this is not going to be revolutionary to most people, but it's one of the one of the easiest things to do that I think people that are getting started woodworking don't do. Um, and that's and I was doing it. I did it today. That's why I was top of mind. Is pop pop the grain. With it makes so what what I mean by that is when you're done sanding, before you put finish on, put some water on, you know light coat of water on it, let it dry, and it pops the grain and, and, and you can feel it. I mean, if you've never felt it, it, you can feel it. It feels rough again. And then you hit it one more time with, a, you know, 220 or whatever you want to do. And it knocks it back down and it changes the finished spite so much for such a simple step that people don't know about. Um, again, I probably, I guess that most woodworkers or most listeners have probably know that, but you'd be surprised that people don't, that the people that don't, and it's such a simple step. So that's a good one. Yeah. I never knew about that. I was like, what? You throw water oh, yeah. off to you sand it and then right. sand it again? What the hell? Yeah. So when <laughs> I do my cutting boards, um, generally the process is I glue everything up, plane it flat. Um, and then I uh, wash it down with mineral spirits just to get the loose dust off. And then I immediately pop the grain then. And then I work through the grains after I pop it. And the finish you get is incomparable to not doing it. Like it makes all the difference in the world. You go from, oh, that feels nice to, whoa that's really nice well if you, if you if ever gotten a cutting board from target mm. then you'll know that they didn't do that because the first time you wash it all of a sudden that beautiful you know glossy kind of look that it has looks like it's like ragged like you know fangs coming mm-hmm. out I and mean, it's, it's just it's amazing and that's because they didn't finish it properly so yep because it's, it. it's one extra step they're going to cut that one extra step out because when the person buys it you don't notice it until you get it wet so boom i yep. just learned something i didn't die today Mad. <laughs> <laughs> I um, actually, yeah what about you vincent you go on yeah I, I actually have one um and i tried it today because i know it's incredibly dangerous and incredibly stupid so i don't know that i'd recommend it but i'm just going to tell you it works um if you have a dado stack and i know sorry for european people i know y'all don't even know what a dado stack is but that's when you stack a bunch of blades together to make wider cuts on a table so i know in europe that's like a a major no-no they don't let you have dado stacks but if for the rest right. of the world um if you have a dado stack, usually the first, the blade, the two blades are, the first two blades, the inner and outer blade, make a one quarter inch cut. Well, I'm just going to tell you that even though it's only, a, usually if you have an eight inch set, it's only a 12 tooth blade, it does make a really nice eighth inch cut. And I needed to make an eighth inch cut in some wood today. And I know 12 teeth, it wants to fight you. Push down hard. Be really careful. Don't say I told you to do this. I'm just saying if you're going to try it, this is the safety that I employed. But you just push down, keep it down on the table, and push through and push through slowly, and it'll hog out a nice flat bottom eighth inch cut. And I did that on my project today. That's how I did it. It's not the oh, smartest. Oh, that's how you did the, the corners. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not the smartest. I'm telling you upfront, it's not the smartest idea, but it works. So <laughs> it works really well, actually. Um, and you don't have to keep resetting your fence. To tr- the idea is I needed to cut a quarter of an inch and my, the kerf on my blade is an eighth of an inch. And I didn't want to have to keep moving the fence back and forth to try to get it right. This was a good way for me to get it done. So it does work. Just be really, really careful doing it. I have to say, why, I, like, it's, it still baffles me why Americans still use inches. It's just, it just baffles <laughs> me beyond belief. Like, Around half half of my audience is from the states, 
and the rest is from Europe. Everyone in Europe's just like, these American idiots, why are they using inches? It's called millimeters. It's so more accurate, it's more easy. And like even just seeing bloody Bob Claggett put out, we are now in metric. I'm like, why weren't you in metric in the first place? The rest of the world freaking uses metric. It's only you idiots that use bloody inches. What's, what's, bonkers, what's bonkers is when you get into digital fabrication, you really start, if you're American and you're in the digital fabrication space, things start getting wacky. Because like I use 3D printers, I use a laser, I use a CNC. My CNC speaks metric to the software, but I feed it inches and it still knows what it's doing. Like it's designed to accept unlike American measurement idiots. standards. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I didn't, I didn't understand why people gave a damn about metric until I started digital fabrication. Like with 3D printers, everything is metric. There is no inches in 3D printing. And it's like, oh, this is really easy. So now I start thinking in terms of, and you really learn it when you start dealing with sheet goods for lasers, there's three millimeter and there's eighth inch and they are not the same size. Like some of my acrylic is three millimeter. Some of it is, some of it is eighth inch and it's a completely different experience. And you learn it the hard way the first time you try to make something with slots and tabs and it doesn't fit together. So yeah, it's it's a big adjustment for us, uh, for us Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, people. I just had to say it. <laughs> um, let's go into rapid fire five. Hey, what are you looking at? Get up and dance. This is the rapid fire five. Now, one thing I didn't think about with this section is kind of new. This one um, is, I don't know how we're going to do it with two guests. Should we just do each well, we'll person? Just do them. We'll just do them. Screw it. Yeah. So, why not? So we'll, we'll do, I'll ask the first question and both of you could answer. And then we'll ask the next question. Both of you can answer. All right. All Ethan, right. you go first on these. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just throw Ethan under the bus. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Take that, Ethan. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Creativity is. So creativity, I, creativity is everything. I, I, and I mean that because I don't think there's one definition of creativity. I think it's, it's creating, obviously. It's inspiring people. It's, it's just doing something that um, challenges your mind and and um and and just makes you think about things differently or or try to do something differently that's creativity to me vincent creativity to me is solving problems with what you have at hand that 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 to me is the textbook example of creativity creative i feel like creativity the best part of creativity is being able to solve problems that seem unsolvable and i think the more creative you are the less unsolvable something is like you can solve like almost like the MacGyver thing, you know, if I just have my pocket knife and some duct tape, I can solve any problem. That's to me what creativity is. Yeah. I love it. Um, what's something people get wrong about you? Well, uh, listeners to the podcast and then people that have listened to the beginning part of this already know this, but, um, people, when they meet me that, that haven't listened, don't know that I'm extremely uncomfortable on camera and, um, and, you know, and, and in, in talking, I mean, all these things, um, that is not a, a, something that's a comfort zone and people that haven't, that have not heard that are always surprised by that because I guess I'm a good faker. I don't know. Um, but they, they see me do my stories and they, they say, well, you look so natural. Well, yeah. Cause that was the 40th take of, of a two, of a 22nd story. So, uh, I think that people get that wrong about me. 
I think for me, it's the, I think it's what I mentioned earlier that I am incredibly shy and introverted. Like I am, I am really like to the point where I sometimes just don't go to public things just because I don't want to deal with people. Like I'm uncomfortable around people. And yet I feel like I do a pretty good job as a podcast host, you know, just engaging people and whatever, but I am incredibly, incredibly introverted, incredibly, almost painfully introverted. What's your favorite film? Uh, this is, this is a tough one. Um, there's so, I mean, there's a lot of different movies that I love. I don't think I have a favorite, uh, but one of the ones I'll keep it maker related because it, it, again, it was one of these things that right around when I made the guitar, I watched and it, and it sparked the uh, making and creativity uh, side of my brain. And it was this documentary, I think it's PBS, but um, that they, they did on the Parthenon. And the, basically what they were trying to do was recreate some of the parts that had uh, fallen down. And so, the, so for part of it, for example, was making um, the columns and the precision they, with today's technology and everything that we have today, they could not get a, as tight a fit as they got back then. And they have no idea how they did it. And, and this, so, and so they took one of the pieces of the columns off and in the center of that was a piece of wood. And you know how long it's the part and it's been around a piece of wood with any kind of exposure to the elements would not exist anymore. And it was still a perfectly piece of wood, which means that that seal between the two pieces of the um, column were so tight that no, no outside exposure got in. And that to me was just mind boggling. And, and again, that craftsmanship is, is just, it, it inspired me to, to be that good at something. I'm not going to lie. I don't have a favorite film. I am really, I am terrible. If you ask my favorite TV show, I can probably rattle off five of them. But as far as favorite film, I've never really been a movie guy. And it's funny because I knew this question was coming and I still couldn't come up with an answer, even though I've been thinking about it. So I just, I don't really have a favorite film. I'm not, I'm, I've never been a movie guy my whole life. I occasionally, like, I think I've been to three movies in the last four years. Like that's, I just don't do movies that often. That so. caught me off guard, actually. I definitely thought you're like deep into movies. Which, I, well, which deep into shows. You that's a, yeah. It's funny because my last thing of the week on Because We Make was actually a movie. <laughs> um, the movie Radioactive about Marie Curie, which was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I recommended it and I've told a million people to watch it. But yeah, I just, I'm not a movie guy. I'm, I don't know what it is. I've just never been a movie guy, so. Thank God Ethan is. <laughs> well, I, I don't think either of us were really nailed that one, but. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's funny because I've, I've, this is on, this segment's only been in what, four or five episodes. And I'm starting to realize that maybe this is a dumb question to ask because a lot of people, <laughs> may, makers seem don't, they don't seem to have favorite films. Like maybe they're just too us, busy in their garage. YouTube and... video and, and we'll have a million, but. <laughs> probably Ethan and I probably picked the same one. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what does your everyday carry consist of? Uh, this is going to be so cliche for, for this community. Well, actually my everyday carry now consists of my everyday things on my desk because I am working from home. But, um, but I, even though I'm not make using it, I always have my maker knife, um, at my desk because I love the, I'm a, I'm a fidgeter, uh, ADD, um, as Ali talked about a lot last, uh, last week, but yeah, it's so it's like a fidget spinner to me. Just, um, so I've got that. I've of course had Bernie sprocket cause that thing is just killer. Um, and then I always, I mean, uh, anyone that knows me knows that 
the leather wrapped exacto knives are kind of one of my things and uh and i because i can make them myself so i basically have one like everywhere every room in the house so i even though i'm not carrying it it's it's a uh, part of my everyday everywhere so are you gonna go get like jacko's new uh driver? i might have to that thing looks incredible but I it's so just... unnecessary I can't justify the price. Yeah, I really not, want so. one just because I, I love his, I love the maker knife. I have two right. of them actually. I love the maker knife. It's one of my favorite things that I bought off a of Kickstarter, but I just can't justify $80 yeah, a for a screwdriver under uh, no, 80 pounds. So it's like $96. Like, I, right. I, <laughs> but it, you know, it's the type of thing you, like you don't need it, but you want it. Oh, I definitely oh, yeah. want it. I'm not yeah. going to pretend I don't want it. I absolutely <laughs> want it. Yeah. No, that thing is, crazy though and that again that epic video i mean he's just it's so funny how epic he makes the you know the kickstarter videos love it yeah what about you vince vince have uh, you got like something you carry all the time i'm very i'm very basic so i have an all at wallet which if you've never heard of them they they make the coolest freaking wallets on the planet i know they're not leather i know they're made of like this weird vinyl material but they're really really thin and i could put like 25 cards in it and it's only like i don't know maybe Three, quarter, uh, three quarters of an inch thick. Like it doesn't sit huge in your pocket. The way they arrange the pockets in it are great. Um, obviously my phone and my car keys, but I also carry um, a thumb drive. And I used to carry a Leatherman every day, but after, after I lost a lot of weight and I stopped tightening my belt to try to make myself not look so fat, um, Leathermans are very hard on your, your waist. You're constantly pulling your pants up. No matter how, I had a skeletal and it was just too heavy. Yeah. So I went back to carrying, so now I carry my Victorinox Tinker, which I love that damn knife. It's this classic Swiss army knife, the classic medium size one, but instead of the stupid corkscrew, which I find utterly useless, <laughs> it has a Phillips screwdriver on it. And Brilliant. you have no idea how useful that Phillips screwdriver is until the third time you use it. So. <laughs> I carry that with me every single day. In fact, some days, even when I don't get dressed to go out and I'm walking around the house in jogging pants, it's still in my pocket. That thing is with me all the time. I love it. So that's my EDC. I think I like probably need to start carrying stuff because like the other day I was like, oh, I need like a little, like a little screwdriver thing to open some small, I'm like if only I had, you know, like mm -hmm. stupid me didn't carry anything. I was like, I walked out of that, house that day i was like yep spe spectacles testicles <laughs> wallet and watch yep sweet good to go <laughs> it's like <laughs> very all the basics yeah no, i will say it. uh leatherman does make some really small ones that yeah i had the micro yeah and i mean if you find the right one for what you what you want yeah it, it is small enough that you can kind of just carry it and not notice it um, but it's 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 kind of so small that it has to be really specific like i just want a screwdriver or yeah and or I just need, you know, the, some little scissors, but yeah. The micro is fantastic, but I've cut myself on the blades so many freaking times <laughs> because it does, it's not a lock blade. Yeah. And that's another thing. If any knife maker is listening, you give me a nice multi-tool with a lock blade that doesn't weigh 60 pounds, I'm on it. But, you know, I like, I like a nice lock on my blades. I don't like friction folders, but yeah. okay. <laughs> rant, rant over yeah really um, all right the, here's the last one and you know i think it's the most important one what does happiness look like uh not to be cheesy but uh you're looking at it i mean i i find finding this this avenue uh as part of my life has has brought so much happiness to me um being able to create 
and share and hopefully inspire people. That to me is happiness. That's, that's a good day every day that I can do that. For me, it's knowing the difference. And I, once I learned this, I was a much happier person. It's learning the difference between being content and satisfied. And I feel like I can be content. I'm content right now, but I am not satisfied. Hmm. I always want better. I want to achieve more. I want to, and knowing that you can be happy while not being in the perfect place in your life is a major growth thing that once you differentiate that, I do feel like you're capable of more as a person, knowing that this isn't the end, there's more coming and it's okay to be happy now. And it's also okay to expect more. I feel like once I got that into my head, my perspective on life changed a lot. So for me, happiness is knowing the difference between being content and being satisfied. Well put. Yeah, I dig that one, man. Because yeah. like, I think a lot of the difference between those people that are happy with the, where they are and, and unhappy is just perspective. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. P- putting some stuff in perspective, like you have a roof over your head, you know, you, you have food on your table. Like who cares if the sofa beer fridge is not working today? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's okay. You know, but we all seem, we're all guilty of it. We all get wrapped up in our own little things that we're hanging on to. And, you know, for me personally too, like being that the sofa beer fridge is potentially being, or it will be delivered tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I'm quietly shooting myself, you know, because it's like I have to deliver it to someone. If it was not, if it was for myself, I'd like the thing would have been finished years ago. I would have lived with all the problems <laughs> that it had, you know, but, you know, the fact is I want it to work and I want it to continue to work for a long time. So you have to work out all the bugs. And so, you know, I've had a lot of stress with regards to uncalled for stress, you know, like overthinking things and letting things get to me when I know I just got to put some shit in perspective. And, you know, I think everyone has those moments where they have to work through it. And so I, I would just say like, I, you know, you're not alone. Like <laughs> Justin gets it too, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's wrap it up guys. Um, anything you want to give the audience to take away from today? I, I mean, I think we've, I've said it already. I think we've all said it. I think anyone can be creative and, and, and just, and just do it. Just, just try it. Um, and don't get in your own head or in your own way. Yep. You can't move forward if you're standing still. So stop standing still, stop standing still, whatever you want to do, take a crack at it. There's no, there's no penalty for failing at something. The only penalty is if you don't keep going with it, you can, pretty much i know it everybody everybody tells every kid you can be whatever you want you can do whatever you want and that's probably a bit ridiculous right you know if you're four foot three at age 40 you're probably not going to be a good nba player right but you could still learn how to shoot a basketball you know you can still if you if you want to make the only thing stopping you from making is the fact that you're not trying to make it right now so get off the couch starts with getting off the couch that's that's the first step Unless you're testing a sofa beer fridge and then stay, <laughs> and then stay on, on the, the couch, couch by all stay means. Stay on it. Say that. Say that. And let <laughs> it supply the beverages. It is to stay on the couch, right? You don't have to go. <laughs> exactly. 
You don't even have to go to the fridge. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should just like, I should build a snack machine for it. As well. <laughs> I really feel like you should do a oh, Jocko. Now it's going to get Jocko's, delivered tomorrow. <laughs> you should do a Jocko style Kickstarter video for the reveal. Like, like just with smoke and dark, darkness and like spotlights. and Yeah, the steam is the greatest the fridge. fridge you've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, have an, I have an idea. I'll share it with you guys now. Like, why not? I, I'm going to do it an infomercial like a really corny infomercial nice you know like the whole like is your wife too lazy and then (laughs) you know to get you a beer and then you know you're sitting like i'm sitting on the sofa just like you know watching sports or whatever like a typical man would do right and (laughs) and you know then i'll have my wife you know holding the kid and trying to iron and do the washing (laughs) up and stuff like that yeah i'll do it in like black and white too right yeah yeah. oh i I love those i love i i do those like not to that not to that level but uh every so often there's so much fun to do and people love them so yeah i can't wait for it i can't wait for the outrage you know from from the women who <laughs> think i'm serious for a second but, uh, um anyway um where can people find you guys if they want to get in contact with you guys or they want to listen to a podcast or they want to just you know be in contact and probably the best place to find us is um at because we make.com um you can the episodes are there the um we don't really have a probably should fix that, but we don't really have our socials there. But if you needed to find me, I'm at handmade by VF on Twitter, handmade by Vincent Ferrari on Instagram and Vincent M Ferrari.com. You can find me if you only want to talk to me and not Ethan, that's very rude, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And if you only want to talk to me, um, you can find me at Ethan Carter designs on everything actually. Um, And then, you know, email is Ethan at Ethan Carter designs.com. So um, it's pretty, pretty much across the board. Nice. Um, I want to say thank you to the boys for coming on the show. Um, you guys are great. Um, good luck with your podcast. And I hope we can uh, stay in contact and maybe do a, a double podcast at some point. Yeah, I was just going to say, we should have you on. Yeah. Yeah, mm. well, um, funny thing. Mm. That. <laughs> There's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, before you go have a listen to the Because We Make podcast, and go follow Ethan and Vincent on all the social handles. Um, you know, if you want to support me, uh, you can do so by just telling a friend that the podcast exists. Um, and you know, I do have Patreon, but look, to be honest, if you want to support me even more, you could uh, produce your own podcast called something like "Because We Make," and uh, you could like feature these amazing people and then have me on as a guest. And that would be really good. Um, or you could spam Colin First's inbox with messages about how good this podcast is <laughs> and that he should really be on this show. You can't tell that I really want Colin First on my show. Um, you know, and if you want to give me some feedback, please send your DMs to at GarageAvenger on Instagram. I'd love to get your feedback. Uh, please go check out Vincent Ferrari and Ethan Carter if you haven't already. Links are in the show notes. Until next time, keep pushing yourself, keep ballsing up things, keep learning, get inspired, and I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, boys. There we go. All right. I think it's over. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> nice. That was fun.